0: Of these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones I will make breath into you and you will come to life. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked in the tendons and the flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, Prophesy to the man and say so. it, come from the four winds of oh breath and breathe away.
1: to my dry bones the breath tells death they can ride on awake me make me a living stone a testament to your throne I and nothing without you i
0: on my own the only one who satisfies my soul hey,
2: amen and good morning how's everybody today all right um yes it's my turn for the drainage I woke up yesterday morning with all the allergy stuff, but we're going to get through this. Um, real quick, a couple of praises. Rubia, we've been praying for, and our mission trip to the African continent returned home safely yesterday. She's very tired, but she's got a lot of testimonies to share. We look forward to hearing all that. Um, Amanda Haynes. That's answered a prayer, that you're feeling good. We are so glad to see you. Great to see you all today. Glad you're feeling better. That's a praise. And then a prayer request we've got. Teresa's got a surgery scheduled on March 9th, so keep her in your prayers that the doctors will have wisdom, all will go well, that it'll be a success and her healing will be better than the doctors ex- ex- expect. Um, and of course, a little further from home, remember the, the uh, country of Turkey. I've not seen a lot of news on that, but I have seen parts of it, and it looks pretty rough. A lot of, a lot of dead, and a lot of people are still finding, and uh, buildings crumbled everywhere in the earthquake over there. So, anyway, we'll keep that country. We're going to be in uh, the church Bibles on page 1245, page 1245 in John 17 today. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 20, this is a prayer that Jesus is saying for believers. 17, verse 20, on page 1245. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect and one. And that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Amen. What a good word. Let's pray this morning. Father, we bless you for the privilege we have to come today into your house and just give you praise and honor and worship. We thank you for these answered prayers Lord that uh, you would return Rubia back home safely and that um, Amanda's body is healing uh, by your grace and she's feeling stronger and better and such a blessing to see her today and Lord we just thank you uh, Jesus for uh, showing us your goodness even in visiting with Joe the other day uh, Lord uh, your goodness in Martin's life Lord we see that uh, Even the family's talking about how Martin may make it to 100, but by your grace and by your plan, we pray that your will be done there for Martin. And we bless you for all these things, Lord, we can see you doing in in our lives and the lives around us. We do pray for Teresa, Lord, as she's got this upcoming surgery, Lord, that like only you can do, uh, I pray that you can amaze the doctors uh, on how well it goes and how well she recovers. And that you will see your mighty hand and feel your peace uh, even the days before this process and the days after. So, But well, we do pray for this country of Turkey, that somehow, Lord Jesus, your name and your strength and your spirit be working in that difficult place. And you would raise those up that are trying to spread your goodwill uh, in that place. And they would come to know you in this difficult time and that your name be lifted high somehow in this very desperate situation. So we pray for these people in this country, even the leaders of the country, that they would even cry out to you and see that you're the only one that can help in a situation like this. We thank you, Lord, for once again the opportunity to be here. And Lord, you always meet us when we come together. We always feel your presence, and we bless you for that. We thank you for that. And I pray, God, that your presence be strong here today, and that you would Lord, give us always ears to hear and hearts that are open to receive what you have for us. And we pray all these things, Lord, in your holy and awesome name, Jesus. Amen. I
0: can see Fear of the unknown, I can hear all God's children singing out, We will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. The same power that arose Jesus from the grave, the same. true in his strength. There is nothing we can't do. Yes, we know there are greater things in store. We will not
3: Good morning. All the worship was wonderful this morning. I love the songs. And that last song, I just, it brings me to tears. And um, it's just a powerful place, I believe, as we come and recognize who He is. So um, the Lord assigned me to teach today. And. Um, I was trying to ask him about what I was supposed to be teaching on. Daniel's been teaching for the last few weeks in Philippians and, and uh, bringing some powerful messages. But I didn't feel like I was supposed to continue in Philippians today. But rather I felt like the Lord had some place for us to be. Um, particularly different are different today than than in Philippians and and so I was asking the Lord and and of course I had a thought about maybe where we needed to be you know we always have a thought we come to the Lord with <laughs> and so I was asking the Lord I said there are several places that I know of in our church that people are having hurtings and and difficulties and struggles and and uh, Trials, and I said, Is there a place of an encouraging word to bring to those that are hurting? And um, the Lord is so faithful, isn't He? So He has a word today. And uh, it wasn't exactly as I thought it was going to be, but I love what he has for us. So how many of you feel like there is something heavy on your heart, something you're struggling with, a trial, a difficulty, a place of uh, just you need to see Jesus? Well, I want to tell you, I believe this message was for me, and I believe it's for you. So I pray that you'll listen carefully to the words that the Lord has said. And um, so I want us to turn today to Romans, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 5. It's on page 1297. Page 1297, Romans chapter 5. Okay. So beginning in verse 1, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I loved all that. When I was reading and he brought me right here, I thought, yes, you know, Romans 5, 1, and 2, those are powerful words. And we're going to look at them and break them down a little bit. But I thought it was such a powerful place that he was giving to us today that we've been justified and by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and that through whom also we have access by faith into his grace which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That is just almost like the last song we sang. It's just an exalting place of the great I am for what he's done for us. Amen? But then came verse 3. And this was so interesting as I began to first look at it. And it says, and not only that, So he's saying, and not only that, and we're going to take this apart in just a minute, but we also glory in tribulations. So he was just saying that we glory and rejoice in this place of the glory of God. Now he's saying, and we also glory in tribulations. How many of you this week have been glorying in your struggles and in your trials and in your tribulations? I thought, wow, Lord, that wasn't the encouraging word that I thought I was bringing to our group today, that we should be glorying. So I want to start in the beginning and see how he connects these places together to help restore us and bring us into an understanding of what it would mean to glory in tribulations in trials, in struggles, in difficulties. He gave me a title along the way, by the way. Some of you like to have a title. It kind of leads us into where we're going. And the title for today was in another place that I thought was not exactly as I thought it would be. Because you have to remember what I was asking for was an encouraging word. And what he began to give me didn't seem to be encouraging at the moment. But I want to tell you, by the end of my study, I was just in tears with the encouragement and the strength of the Lord. So I want you to hang in there. But the title that he gave me, was refined in the fire of affliction. Refined in the fire of affliction. So let's begin and unpack verses 1. And um, it, it starts out, Paul writes, he says, Therefore having been justified by faith. So justified, let's understand what Paul is saying. Justified, vindicated, made just before God. Made just, brought into this place where our sins could be vindicated could be justified before a holy God so he's talking here and he's saying because you have been he's he's really starting this thought before he gets down to the tribulations he's starting this place early and he's saying because you have been justified Because your sins have been, the price has been paid. You've been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. But it says, by faith, by this this word faith, by trusting and by confidence in this place of what Jesus has done. So Paul is saying, he's saying, you've been justified by your confidence in who he is, by your trusting in who Jesus is, that your sins have been forgiven by his blood. And then he says, what you're confident of is that we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. So he's saying you have this confidence through your faith that peace has been made between you, a sinful person, and holy God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this word of peace because we think of peace and we think, Well, we think about it being calmer. Our life is going to be calmer, more settled. That's how we think of peace. We think, well, you know, if we have peace, things will all be hunky-dory, and things will all be good, and things will all be calm. That's not what this word peace means at all. And so using this word, we have to get in alignment with what Paul is saying. He's saying it's not saying that everything in your life is going to be easy and it'll all be peaceful. He's saying that through the blood of Jesus, this great mystery has happened of where his blood has made peace between you and God. The word really means wholeness. He's brought you back into wholeness with God. That was God's heart in creation, that we would be in oneness with him, in wholeness, in oneness with him. And Paul is saying that this place has happened. And then he goes on to say, through whom we also have access. Access. The privilege. Um, Having an audience with God. The access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope. So he's saying, You've been justified, you've been made whole, you've peace has been restored between you and the wrath of God. But he also says, But you also have access, you have a place that you can come into, you can. Have the privilege of being there. Does that make sense to you? By faith into grace. This word grace really is better understood as a gift. So Paul is saying, not only have you been granted this wholeness and this place of peace and this oneness with the Father through the blood of Jesus... If you've repented of your sins and made him Lord, then you've been justified. But he's saying not only that, there's more, even though that is a great and wonderful place. And sometimes that's what we focus on right there. And it's a great place to focus. But Paul is saying, but there's more. There's more to the picture than that. He's saying, through whom also. He says, there's more. You have this access, this privilege to come before the great I am by faith into this grace, into this gift that God has given in hope of the glory of God. in hope of the glory of God. So I was listening to that and reading each word so carefully, and I thought, what is it you're saying here, Paul? These are lots of words. Paul is a very wordy person. And so we have to kind of break down each word to understand what he's saying here. And so he's saying that you have this privilege, this access into this gift grace that is a gift from God in which we stand in this which we stand means to be firm in which we are solid in which we are firm in which we stand and then this word rejoice and this word rejoice um I looked this up and uh, it, it, it rejoices exactly what it means, but it also means uh, a place of, um, a, of rejoicing in, in kind of like a, being a jubilant place, just a, a so excited place. And um, it's different from the word exalting. It's, it leads to exalting. But this word is really exulting, E-X-U-L-T-I-N-G. And this word really and truly means uh, if you were going to receive something that you had hoped for and longed for and all of a sudden something you never dreamed could happen, and it happened. It's not just a place of, Rejoicing and being happy about something, it's a place of being unbelievably uncontrollable, excited about what has happened. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. So he's saying that you have access to this gift of which you can stand firm in and be beyond rejoicing to this jubilee of excitement in hope of the glory of God, the inheritance of the glory of God. What Paul began to help me, or what God began to help me understand, what Paul is trying to say to us is not only have you been forgiven of your sins that you can be reunited in wholeness with God, but God and his glory is in you. You see, it says right here, rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. Hoping in this manifestation in the splendor of all who God is in you. I'm going to back this up with some scriptures to help us to see this. But I want you to understand the understanding that he's trying to say is this hope is not a hope of, I hope this will happen, but it's a confidence. This word hope is actually better understood as a confidence, a confidence of the glory of God. Of the splendor of God, of the intrinsic uh, um, infinite worth of God. Turn with me. You can put a marker here. We're going to come back to this shortly. Turn to me. Turn with me to Colossians three. It's on page thirteen fifty four. You know, Paul writes to all the different churches, and he writes in such similar fashion, so you can find where he's talking about similar places in almost all of his writings. So I want to show you two things in this uh, chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, verse 4 says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So he's talking about, at the very end, that you will appear with him in glory in the in the fullness of who God is in the splendor of all that God is in the end okay but i want you to turn back one more page to verse uh, chapter 1 verse 26 so paul is saying your sins have been forgiven that's wonderful And you're going to appear with him in glory at the end of your life, and that's wonderful. But Paul is saying more than that to us today. And so it comes in looking at Colossians uh, 1, verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations but now has been revealed to the saints. So he's saying, oh my goodness, get excited, church, get excited. There's a mystery that's been hidden from for all times, but now it's going to be revealed. And he's revealing this place, and here's what it is. To them, to those who are believers and followers of Jesus, God willed, to make known what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is which is Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you the hope of glory Again, it's not this place. I hope that'll happen. He's saying you can have confidence in this place that Christ, the mystery is Christ in you. Christ is going to be in the Gentiles. Christ in you. And you can be confident of this place. And it is of the glory. And the glory is the splendor Of God the the manifestation of God we refer to it as the Holy Spirit but sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit we have kind of this distant attachment not recognizing what Paul is saying and he's saying do you not understand your sins have been forgiven Do you not understand the hope of glory is that one day you will stand with Jesus in glory. But the hope of glory is for today because Christ, Christ is in you. I don't think we grab hold of that sometimes. So I want us to go on and continue back in Romans Romans 5 and this is what Paul is saying you should be rejoicing about he says you should be rejoicing in verse 2 yes verse 2 where he says that we shall stand stand firm and rejoice in confidence in the glory of God In the glory of God being in us. Because he's going to go on and help us to understand that. And he says, not only that, not only should you be excited about all these things that I'm telling you are fantastic. But he's saying, you also, not only that, but you also should be, uh, let's see, but we also, glory, you should be in rejoicing this is the same word this glory here is the same word that was used as rejoicing so it's that place of saying oh my goodness I'm so excited about this place and what is it we're excited about he says in trials in troubles in tribulations in difficulties Wow, you see, I could almost, I was right with the Lord when I asked for a message of encouragement. And he says, these are the things Christ has done for you and you should be rejoicing in these places. And I thought, yes, that is such great encouragement. And that is so true. And he said, then you come on to verse 3. And right there he says, and not only that, Deb, but you should be so excited and so rejoicing and so jubilant about the trials that you're in. And I went, wow, that doesn't sound like the message I thought I wanted to bring today. In fact, I just started writing a few things down. Let me see. He gave me... um, a scripture, too, I want to take you to. So leave your marker here and go with me to 2 Corinthians, page 1335. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to help us to understand glorying in this place of tribulations of trials of difficulties paul writes starting in second corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 he writes i'm sorry did i give you the wrong second corinthians did i say first corinthians Oh, good. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is on page 1335, starting in verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, I I wrote down some things about um, these words as I looked up these places of infirmity. And I just put down some things infirmities in sickness so he's saying therefore I take pleasure in sickness and I wrote down from a cold maybe you have a cold but you can take pleasure you can rejoice in it wow I know what we're all saying man I hadn't thought about that today that's for sure arthritis when your pains are hurting you in this pain and trial of tribulation, are you rejoicing? In, in the places where we see those suffering with cancer, are we rejoicing? This doesn't seem right, does it? So what is Paul saying? In difficulties from a traffic jam or, or a, a road rage that somebody's cut you off in the, as you're driving along, are you rejoicing in the difficulties to financial hardships when you're just struggling to pay the bills? Are you rejoicing in the trials, in reproaches, in when somebody's insulting you, when relationships are torn apart, when... The world and those around you seem to hate you. Are you rejoicing? Even to this place of persecution and anguish, to those places that are gut-wrenching inside of us, when there are gut wrenching disasters around us, I was thinking when I was writing this down about these sweet people in Turkey because Paul was there. There are churches there, there are believers there. And it's gut wrenching the destruction that they're in. I was watching some of the news as I saw them pull out a family of six all alive but they'd been there five days with all the rubble on top of them. They weren't sitting in a room that they happened to open up and there's the family. No, they were all under these boulders, laying flat, crushed beneath the boulders. And they pulled them out one at a time, alive. But how hard would it have been to be rejoicing in that place? So you begin to wonder, does Paul not have a sense of reality here, of how hard it is, of what's going on? He's writing to us and he's saying all these things. In verse 10 he says, well, verse nine he says, Therefore I most gladly, therefore most gladly I will, I will rather boast. It's that same word of rejoicing in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's saying, so that someone could see Jesus in me. I'd rather have this sickness. I'd rather have this infirmity. I'd rather have this difficulty that someone might see Jesus in me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses. For Christ's sake, you see, he's done all of these things for me. It, Paul is saying it's my honor to serve the Most High. And whatever way he could use that someone else might could see Christ in me. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. He's saying, in my weakness of when I can't do this, Christ in me makes it happen. And he is strong. My willingness to align with him, he would strengthen me for his glory. Let's turn back to Romans 5. And let's continue on. Let's start with verse 3 again so that this comes together. It says, And not only that, but we also glory, rejoice, are excited, are jubilant. In trials, tribulations, difficulties, infirmities, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance. The ability to continue on. I want to tell you what Paul is saying here is this does not come from you. Being able to persevere in the deepest and darkest places of your life does not come because we are a man of mankind. It does not come because you're human. To persevere doesn't come right here in the darkest places in the way that Paul is talking about you may get through it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, as he said early, earlier, in the hope of glory, in sharing in this place with God, that you would endure, that you would persevere, that you would come through the struggle, that others might see the glory of God. That they might see Christ in you. Even in a difficult situation. He's saying, you see, without tribulations, you can't fulfill this place. You can't be the vessel God wants to use in those around you. In a difficult situation. In the struggles, you can't be who he needs you to be without the tribulation. You can't persevere. You can't point back to him without the struggle. Those around you that are in struggles, they... They have an opportunity in the struggle to see and to seek Jesus, that Jesus might be glorified in the struggle. Does that make sense? Our prayer is not that the struggle will go away, but that Christ would be seen in the struggle. Verse 4 says, and perseverance, and what he's saying there, produces character. He's saying tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. I looked this word up because to me, I believe that character might be the, a consistent, moral, godly behavior that exemplifies Jesus, right? You would probably agree with that, that the character Paul is talking about here is this place of a, of a godly characteristic that exemplified Jesus. But the word actually means proof. I love that. The word actually means proof. Proof! Proof! In other words, if you've persevered through the hardest challenges and through the darkest times and in the midst of the struggles, proof will be that Jesus is in you. So tribulations, trials, hurts, sufferings produce perseverance. They give you an opportunity to Persevere with Jesus that he might be seen in your character. And character produces hope. 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 Remember this word. It doesn't mean, oh, I hope something good will happen. It means confidence. So trials produce perseverance that are the proof of your character that Christ lives in you, that produces a confidence of who he is in you. The confidence of who he is. Verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, this place of confidence, this place of confidence, confidence in who He is, even in the storm, even in the tribulation, even in the trial. Your perseverance will strengthen your character, proof of who he is, and will produce even in you a confidence of who he is. As well as those around you will see And verse 5 says, Now that confidence, that assurity of who He is, does not disappoint. Wow. Oh, if we could remember that in the beginning moments of the trial. God will not disappoint. You see, the confidence of who he is grows in these trials in us that we might be strong when we're really weak. And it says it does not disappoint because the love of God. Why does it not disappoint? Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's the gift. It's grace. That God in his great love would allow you not only to be forgiven of your sins not only for you to stand with him in glory in the in the end times but for him to live in you and his glory to be in you today that's what paul is saying he's saying in your trials and in your tribulations, and in your aches and pains, and in your sufferings, and in your sadness, and in all of the places that you're going to walk through, can you rejoice? Because in those places you will see Jesus in you. If you're looking. If you want to go through, if you want the fullness that he's trying to help us to understand, you can have this, but it only comes through trials. You can't see him in the fullness that he is without the trial. You can't. I know that to be true. I've seen it in my life. It's not something I wanted to be that way. If I was writing this book, I wouldn't have put it down that way because I don't have the understanding of the Most High. But as he's opened up our understanding, he's saying, I've put you in this trial so that you could grow into this hope so that you could see me. And others around you could see me. It's interesting because there's a a lot of people out there that teach and preach a prosperity gospel. I don't like prosperity gospel. I believe in Jesus helping us in hard times. I believe in healings. I believe in God making a way when things are difficult, but it's not always in the way the world would define it. In fact, I would tell you that as you make a decision to be a follower of Jesus, the trials will come. The difficulties will happen. And I believe that as we grow in our walk with God, they will become numerous and stronger and more challenging. That's not the message we oftentimes teach. That is, I believe, the truth. And I believe it's what Paul is telling us over and over and over again in his writings to the church. Is that if you are going to be a follower, if you're going to claim the place that Jesus has justified you before the Father, has brought you into wholeness, has forgiven you of your sin, if you're going to truly proclaim these places, then you have to be aware that God's growing you is going to be through trials. It doesn't sell on Sunday morning, does it? It's not oftentimes what the multitudes want to hear. That if I join up with Jesus, I'm going to walk through the fire. But Paul says, if you see it, you will be jubilant about your trials. You will be rejoicing in your trials because it's a place for you to grow and persevere with him that will build your character to reflect him that will truly draw you into the hope of who he is. What a great message on Sunday morning. What a great message for people who are struggling. Because God has not forgotten you because you're in the trial. He's with you if you are his. He's in in you in the trial. So we started out this message, and he gave me a title Refined in the fire of affliction. I couldn't help but think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were thrown into the fire. And as they were thrown into the fire, the guards said, we only put three in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we see four are standing in the fire. You see, Jesus was in the fire with them. And they persevered in the fire. They didn't put the fire out. That's what we pray for, isn't it? Could we just, Lord, could you put the fire out? No, he didn't put the fire out. No? No? But he was in there in the fire with them. And they came through and they persevered and their character was seen and the hope of glory. They saw it. They saw it. They saw Jesus in the trial. So I pray for you today. I pray that you will be so thankful you were here to hear this word of encouragement in your trial that it will strengthen you to persevere that you will be refined in the fire for Christ's sake amen mm-hmm.
4: I never said that I would give you silver, gold, or oh, that you would never feel the fire. ¡Gracias! kiss of death. I have to walk through chilly Jordan to enter into rest, but I.